God is good, isn't he? All the time. God is good. I'm going to invite you with, to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, Lord willing, if he lets me preach this message. Uh, some of you may have remembered some words that I said a few weeks ago as we were going to begin a three-part series. And God changed the plans on me this week. And it's been a wrestling match uh, for sure this week. And uh, if you know me at all, you know that I believe God works in the, in the planning. He works in the preparation and uh, as well as he works in, the, in our midst in, in real time as well. But uh, when I'm not planned and I don't know where he's going, it, it makes me nervous. And so I have to trust him all the more. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this week. I'm thankful for the wrestling match that has taken place in my own life. And uh, I trust and pray that God will bless us for being obedient to him. Amen. Pastor Greg had no idea where I was going, and as he concluded his prayer just a minute ago, the title I've titled this message is No Breath, No Life. We've got to have his breath, amen? Without breath, there is no life. Without breath, there is no life. What does that really mean? I'm someone who, by my very nature, I do not like things to just go on because that's the way it's always been. I, I, like, I like change. I like different. I like to um, mix things up once in a while. You know what? I only live about three blocks from the church. But did you know there's probably about 45 ways that I can get home? And I've explored all 45 of them. Uh, I don't like to just go the same way every single time. One time I was changing my route home and Alicia knew I was coming home and and I pulled in the driveway from the different direction on our street. She goes, where were you at? I said, I was at the church. I was just coming home. She goes, how'd you come home? I said, well, I went around the block. She goes, why'd you do that? I said, because I wanted a different way home. I'm tired of the same rut, you know, because if we get into a routine, routine is good. I like routine as well. But there's times when our routine becomes a rut. And we got to get out of that rut. So there's times that repetition is good, but other times repetition and routine can become so mundane, so um, lifeless, that we need, a, we need to be jarred a little bit. One example for me is social media. I, I, I'm thankful for social media and the inventors of social media for one very good reason. You can keep track of people that, that you've been friends with for whatever amount of time it is, from all over the world. I don't have to go have coffee in Colorado, or I don't have to go to Africa, or I don't have to go to Texas to see my friends. I can just pull it up on Facebook, and we can see what's going on. And I love that about Facebook and, and Twitter and social media and Instagram and all that things. But one thing I don't like about social media is that I can pull up social media when things are just kind of down, and I can just start scrolling and before I know it, I'm still scrolling, but I'm not reading anything. I'm not looking at anything. I'm like, what am I just doing? I'm just mindlessly scrolling. I get into this routine. I get into this rut, and I just get trapped. And sometimes we just need 
to get out of that trap. That's one reason as we lead up to Lent, as we lead up to this time of the Easter season, uh, I've committed this year already, God's placed it on my heart what I'm supposed to to give up and sacrifice for Lent, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm thankful for it. And one of those things is the personal use of social media. So I know that's a big one for some people, and they just say, they make a big deal about it, and evidently if I'm preaching about it, I'm making a big deal about it. I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me, Lord. Um, But I'm going to stay off of social media for personal use. I'm not going to have the mindless scrolling, and and I'm going to use that time to be able to be in prayer, to be able to, to prepare my heart for what God wants for me in that season. And I I know because I've experienced it enough in my life that when we purposely make changes to our routine or changes to our rut, that God will speak to us in those moments, that he will breathe life into our lives so that we can keep going. And I'm I'm looking forward to to this season of Lent. I'm looking forward to the the late Easter uh, on the calendar this year, I'm looking forward to what God wants to do in our lives and in our church this season. Amen? All in favor, say aye. aye. All right, you're awake. Let's keep going then. Amen? There's sometimes that, if I'm honest with you, I, I know exactly how my weeks are going to go. And I get into that same routine that I was talk, talking to you about. And there are times that, that it's not just mindlessly scrolling through social media that you lose minutes and sometimes hours. I don't think I've ever lost an hour doing that, but uh, you just lose time and you lose track of time. But there's times when our weeks get that way uh, as individuals as well. Uh, It's Sunday. I don't know about you, but I have an alarm on my phone that goes off on Sundays. It's a different time than any other week. How many of you are like that? A couple of you? Yeah. Many of you, Sunday, you get to sleep in a little bit. You don't have to be here till nine o'clock or 10 o'clock and you get to sleep in. That's a good thing. But my alarm goes off at a different time on Sundays. Why? Because I am a creature of habit. I, I do have a routine. I get in that routine and I start going. When my alarm goes off, it's time to go. It's Sunday. And then on Mondays, I love Mondays. And many of you know why I love Mondays, because Mondays I don't get to do anything that I, I can just put it aside. And Mondays are a day off and I'm probably a little too religious about my day off sometimes. Uh, I make sure I'm at home. I make sure I'm with my wife and my children. And I'm making sure that that day is protected as much as I can. And uh, now we have something that's creeped into Mondays, but it gives me time to know what's going to happen. So Mondays, I know what I'm going to be doing. Then Tuesdays, I have staff meeting and and meetings and trying to get ready for the week, and I know what Tuesdays I'm going to do. And then Wednesdays, church day, so I know i got to get ready. Wednesday starts early for me, and I get going. Thursdays, sermon prep. Let's get things ready for Sunday. Let's get finalized. Let's talk to the worship team. Let's make sure everything. You're getting a little snapshot of what my life's like, okay? Fridays, I kind of know what it is. A recap, try to figure out everything else, all the loose ends. And then Saturday's kind of a spontaneous day sometimes. And then guess what comes after Saturday? Sunday in my world, uh, hopefully yours as well. And then after Sunday, Monday, what's after Monday? Tuesday. You see where I'm going? We get in this routine. We get into this, this lifestyle that, that begins to shape us. It begins to, to mold us. And, and many times we can get into the same routine, and routine is not bad. Don't hear that from me this morning. But sometimes our routine will cause us to go through those dull moments. Those moments where it seems lifeless, it seems pointless, and we just don't know how to get out of it. Maybe you've been there before, where you are continually in the same habit of doing the same thing over and over and over. 
Maybe it's your morning routine. Maybe it's your drive to work. I don't know how many of you have to commute a long ways or not, but there's times when I was commuting to work that that there would be times I got home and I didn't remember how I got home because that routine was so routine. And it was scary because I thought I'd just been driving for an hour and a half. How did I get home? Where did an hour and a half go? Thankfully, the Lord was protecting me. But many of you know what I'm talking about. You drive the same road. You drive the same route to work and to home. It's just the same thing a different day. It's the same song, a different verse. And we can go on and on with those sayings. And if we go through the motions so much, we tend to lose something. And there's times when we, if we're not careful, we can lose our life. We can lose the purpose and the meaning that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to continue going through the motions in life without having life in those motions. Let me say that again. I don't want to go through the motions in life without having life in those motions. I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and then look back on my life and say, you know what, where did it go? What happened? What do I have to show for it? God's word shows us that without his breath in our lives, without his involvement in our lives, without him breathing into us, we will become old, dry bones that don't live anymore. Ezekiel 37 is where I want us to look this morning. If you have your Bibles, take those out. Pew Bible in front of you, you can use that. It's going to be on the screen for you as well. Ezekiel 37. Let me read this to us this morning. Beginning with verse number one. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know that answer. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. And they all came to life 
and stood up on their feet, a great army. Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word. Word that was to a prophet many, many years ago. But a word that is still prophetic, that is still true, that is still applicable to us today. And God, I thank you for your word. Your word that is alive. Your word that is fresh. And I pray, Lord, that with your word today, you would breathe new life into us. May we be hearers of your word today. But God, I pray that you give us courage to also be doers of your word. Help us to hear your word and be obedient to respond however you see fit. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Without breath, there's no life. Without breath, there's no life. It's just that simple. Without breath, there's no life. Ezekiel, in our text today, God takes Ezekiel on a little field trip. I don't know about you, but I like field trips. I like when I can go somewhere new and fresh and exciting. I like it when I can take my kids somewhere that they've never been and I can show them something and it's just exciting. It's a fun time. I can't imagine that this field trip with God for Ezekiel was that fun. Where are you going to take me, God? Oh, I'm going to take you to a cemetery. Uh, No, thanks. Not fun. Yeah, let's go to this cemetery. Let's go to this, this valley of dry bones. And I can just imagine if, if you put yourself in Ezekiel's shoes for a moment, he's walking out to this deserted area, this desert land. It's dry. There's no life. It's, there's no vegetation. There's no greenery. There's nothing out there but just dry ground and all of these scattered bones. And if, if, you, if you rewind a bit and you do some study and you realize where he's at is the wilderness area where the nation of Israel had to wander for 40 years. And this is where all of the people that were supposed to take the promised land but didn't trust God with it, this is where they wandered and this is where they died. This is where they were. And Ezekiel goes out to this valley of dry bones and he sees all of these bones. These bones are so dry that not even the worms are around anymore. Okay, They have literally eaten and destroyed and there's so much decay, there's so much death in this place that there are even no worms or maggots or anything on these bones. Okay, Completely stark dry. And God takes Ezekiel on this field trip. He says, look over this valley of dry bones. And then a challenge comes to Ezekiel. And I love this about this passage because God is not dictating to Ezekiel, the prophet. He is not forcing Ezekiel to do anything. But now a challenge comes to Ezekiel. And it comes in a form of a question. And he says to the prophet, he says, Ezekiel, you see these dry bones. Do you think they could be alive again? And Ezekiel responds. But Ezekiel responds, and this is just my interpretation. There's no scholar that says this. It's just kind of my interpretation and reading of this. Ezekiel kind of gets smart-alecky with God. Well, oh, sovereign Lord, he does, he does greet him appropriately, but he says, come on, God, only you know that. Why are you asking me this? I want to tell you something, okay? I believe that God is challenging Ezekiel with this conversation. 
for one very, very, very important reason. God does not want to do life without us. God's biggest desire for you and for me is a relationship with him. Ezekiel's answer is spot on. It's exactly right. Oh, sovereign Lord, only you really know that. I don't know why you brought me out here. You know the answer to that question. Why are you asking me this question? Ezekiel's probably thinking, you know what? Somebody said there's no dumb questions, but that was a pretty dumb question, God. You got the answer to this. But God's saying, Ezekiel, I want you to be part of this. I want you to see my power because you and I are having a relationship. And if you trust me and you follow my lead, things are going to be drastically different. The challenge to Ezekiel is a challenge to come in a close relationship with God Almighty. God can make these dry bones live again. God can do it without Ezekiel's help. But God chooses to challenge us to come a little bit closer. He challenges Ezekiel to this question. And Ezekiel responds in a very matter-of-fact, push-aside way. But then the invitation comes. Ezekiel is in conversation now with God. God has challenged him with a question. It's a very simple question. Ezekiel gives the right answer. And now God says, okay, you're right. They can only live, and I know if they can live. You're right about that. But here's the invitation, Ezekiel. Speak to these dry bones a word that I have for you. I got I to gotta hit pause on the story a minute. And I got to put myself in that shoe again. Thankfully, with all of you here on Sunday morning, I have never once felt like I'm preaching to a valley of dry bones. Praise the Lord. You are alive and you are active. And I can't imagine what Ezekiel is feeling as he walks out to these dry bones and God says to him, Ezekiel, speak a word over this valley. I can imagine that Ezekiel's like, oh boy. Well, nobody's here, so nobody's going to think I'm crazy. It's just me and God and these dry bones. I guess I can probably respond to that. The invitation from God is to join him. The invitation from God is for obedience. There's nothing else that he's asking Ezekiel to do. All he's saying, Ezekiel... Speak to these bones and say. <laughs> In other words, if you're going to be responding to me, Ezekiel, I want to give you purpose and meaning. Speak my words to these dry bones. Speak my words and see what happens. You see, God uses the same challenge and invitation all throughout the story of God. He uses the same challenge and invitation. He asks a question, and then he invites his, his prized creation to join him. Think about it for a minute. Throughout all of the story of God, we start even at the beginning, Adam and Eve. God creates Adam and all the living things. There's not a suitable mate for him. So then he creates Eve. And the Bible says it was the perfect match. Isn't that cool? God knows what he's doing. But then the challenge comes because Eve and Adam get into a situation with the serpent. 
And there's a whole dialogue that goes on. You guys know it. If you don't read Genesis chapter 3, you can, you can figure it out. There's a challenge and an invitation again. And God says, he just spent a few days. And, and to me, we think about this story in the creation story, and we're like, man, that's only a week. Well, a day in the time frame of God is like a thousand years for us. Who knows what it was? And he's walking. We read the story of him walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, and they would have conversations. They were just, they were just hanging out. And then something changed. But God still challenges them to restore that. He challenges them, where have you gone? God knows where they went. Just like he's asking Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? God knows they can. But he uses that challenge and invitation to say, will you still trust me? Will you still be a part of this plan? Adam and Eve, he uses the same method. He uses the same method throughout Scripture, and he still uses the method today. Think of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 28. We talk about it all the time, the Great Commission. Jesus' words. Jesus, God in the flesh, is telling us, will you trust me? Because if you will trust me, we can change the world. I want you to go into all the world. And he ends that commission by saying, I will be with you always. He still does it for us today. Connect and engage with people. Love me with all that you've got. Grow in step with me. And we will, we will have this relationship that's so close that other people will want to be a part of it. We must get out of the habits we have formed of just coming to church and going through our routines and checking our boxes. And we must begin to, to hear the voice of God and respond and to live with purpose and meaning because God has something special for us. He wouldn't challenge us and invite us if he didn't want to use us. But here's the catch to this story. If Ezekiel hears the invitation, the invitation is speak to these bones, my word. If Ezekiel says, you know what, maybe next time, story's over. Ezekiel has a choice to make that affects the entire scope. Ezekiel probably didn't know it at the time, but if he just stopped and walked away, I couldn't preach this message. And I know that was on his mind back then. You know, he had to be thinking, you know, BJ's going to preach this. And no. But the story's over. If Ezekiel doesn't respond, the story's over. He just went on a cool field trip to a cemetery, and that's all we know. But something always happens when God speaks. Something always happens when God is involved. When God's word is spoken, there is something that changes. And we see that. The Spirit of God is present. There's noise. We see that in the, in the book of Acts. When the Spirit fell on that room, there was noise. The, the tongues of fires, it was like a rushing wind. There's noise. There's an audibleness to God's voice and God's word being spoken. Here it is in Ezekiel 37.7. Ezekiel, so I spoke these words. And as soon as I spoke them, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones began to get up and move together. Hold on. This is kind of creepy. You're out in the cemetery all by yourself. 
There's bones that have no formation at all. They're spread out everywhere. And all of a sudden you hear this noise when you speak these words. You speak the word of God. Say to these bones. And he says what God says to him. And their rattling starts and these bones begin to rise up. And they begin to move together. They begin to come together. They begin to get form. They begin to come and they resemble something. Why? Because God's word is involved. God's word is involved, and the bones begin to shake and rattle. There's an audible sound. The miracle was happening as Ezekiel responded to the invitation. But the story doesn't stop there. Verse 8, then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. The bodies have been formed. A new thing has begun, but there's still no breath in them. There's still no life. In other words, they were just motionless bodies with no purpose. They looked like people. They stood like people. They had characteristics of people, but they had no breath. Therefore, they had no life. You see, this, this, is, this hits a little bit close to home sometimes when we get into our motions and we get into our, our routines. The, you know, they look like a church. They do things like a church on Sundays and Wednesdays. They even will go out of their way to, to kind of be the church outside of the church sometimes. But do they have my breath in them? God, help us that we're not just standing as, as formless, purposeless bodies just going through the motions. Well, pastor, we're there every Sunday. Praise God. Pastor, we do our best to be there on Wednesdays and be involved in a class and we serve. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But when's the last time you let God's breath enter you? When's the last time he's been able to breathe new life into you and it's changed you? It doesn't matter what the church is doing or what the programming is, but it is because God spoke his word, something changes. <sighs> you and I are creatures of habits. Even as Christians, we're creatures of habits. We probably, I've shared this with you before, we probably drove to church the same route. We got to church, the snow was falling. You still probably made sure you found your parking spot. You probably got here in just the right time to make sure you found your spot in this room. And the songs sung, and maybe you sing, maybe you don't. The pastor gets up and prays, and maybe you pray, maybe you don't. Then we got to sit here and listen to this guy lecture us about the Bible. Maybe you listen, maybe you don't. And then we're going to go home, and you're probably going to take the same route home. You're going to sit in the same chair that you sit in at lunch. Then you're going to go from the lunch table and you're going to go sit in the same chair that you sit to take your Nazarene nap in. And then because you're a good Christian and a good, you go to a good church, you're going to 
wake up from your nap and you're going to drive the same route back to church. You're going to find your same Sunday night parking spot. It might be different than Sunday morning for some of you. I don't know. You're going to come in here and you're going to find your Sunday night seat. But how often do we just stop and say, God, breathe new life into me. Because when you speak your word, something has to change. Something has to change. When you speak new life into us, something has to change. You see, there's a challenge and there's a response. There's an invitation and a response. And now we see one more thing. The, the bodies are standing. They look like humans. They're standing like humans. They're looking around like dead humans. And there's a second invitation to Ezekiel. Speak to the winds and say. So he starts with an invitation that says, speak to these dry bones and Ezekiel does it. And then God's work begins. Then the, God's work begins and it stops. God could have finished the work. He could have breathed into them on his own. Amen? God is capable and powerful enough to make them come to life without Ezekiel. Amen? Do we believe that? In other words, God doesn't need you and me to do his work. Ooh, that one hits a little close to home because I'm called to do his work. He doesn't need me to do it. He doesn't need you to do it. He's more powerful than me and you. But he loves us so much that he wants us to be involved. And so he doesn't just stop with this and he could have made it all come to life. It could have been a great army and the story could have been this great victorious miracle. But it doesn't happen that way. He stops in the middle of it and he says, guess what, Ezekiel? I still want you to be a part of this. Speak to the winds. Why do you think he says speak to the winds? I have a theory on this. He first says speak to the bones. He can see the bones. The bones are visible. The bones are out there. They're desolate. It's dry. It's a desert. But they're there. He can see them. He could touch them. He could feel them. We can't see wind. We can see the effects of wind. But in the desert... It's hot, it's dry, there's probably not much motion in this valley. And God says to Ezekiel, I know you can't see it, but I want you to speak to the wind. Why does he do that? I believe it's because it requires faith. It's because God knows there's something out there that is, that is out of his tangible senses and he, all he's got to do is respond. And once again, we're at a place of crisis. The first crisis, speak to these bones. If Ezekiel doesn't speak to the bones, we don't have a story. Now we're at the second crisis. God could have finished the job, but he didn't. The second crisis, he says, Ezekiel, speak to the wind. We could be done right here. But Ezekiel obeys. There's been a change happening. He sees the bones, and God invites Ezekiel to come along once again. He says, speak to the winds and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So the first response, Ezekiel was asked a question, and he responded kind of smart-alecky. This time, the Bible says, 
This is what Ezekiel said. So I spoke as he commanded me. I read that as God said it. I did it. No hesitation. No questions. I just did it. Why? Because he just saw that God wants to use him in a mighty way. I think it's a lot easier for us to be obedient to God when we see the miracle happen. Amen? When we see something changing, it's easier for us to say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. It's not so easy when we see the dry bones and the death and the decay and we say, God, only you know the answer to this. I'm I'm really not sure. But Ezekiel responds in immediate obedience. And when he obeys, there's more results. The wind, the breath entered the bodies and they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. You see, without breath, there's no life. No, no breath, no life. But when God speaks to us and he breathes life into us, his breath of life, we come to life. We have purpose. We have meaning. We can be a great army for him. Amen? We don't have to keep going through the motions. We don't have to get in the same routines, but instead we can begin to respond to the challenge and the invitation that God has given us. I'm so glad that God just doesn't give us one chance, though. Because there's times in my own life where I've said, you know what, I'm not ready for that yet. And I've walked away, I've stopped. But there's also been times when I said, okay, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be obedient. I want to be used by you. I don't know what you're going to do with this shy kid from Nebraska that doesn't say more than five words in a week. And he says, I want you to speak my word because when I speak my word, things happen. I want to speak my word through you. Why? I don't know why. I still don't know why. I was telling Jennifer that this morning. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I'm going to say yes because when he speaks, things change. When I trust him to breathe new life into me, that means he's ready to do something great. That means he's ready to unleash his power, his might, his word that's life-changing through me and through you. So why, why preach this? Well, one, because God told me to. Two, we're getting ready for revival to, services to come. I was about to say revival to happen. Revival's already happening. <laughs> As I've been praying for weeks over this and, and things have happened this week that have just been confirming that God's already on the move in your lives, in my life, in our evangelist lives. There's people that are going to be coming to this revival that need to hear a fresh word from God. Why? Because when God speaks his word, things change. And we can't just sit around and wait for the dry bones to come around and let God do all the power. God wants to use us. So here's our response today. This is what I want to close with. And and I don't have a closing written out, so this is just how God's going to lead us today, okay? I know that revival's coming and these services are going to happen and JK is, is coming and he is, he's prepared, he's ready, he has a fresh word from God and Marcus is coming and God has a fresh word through Marcus and you are going to be coming. Why? Because God has a fresh word for you but you got to get ready.
you got to go on the field trip. And God's saying to us right now, come with me. Come with me to church on a snowy Sunday morning. Come with me to church. Come and listen to this crazy guy that sometimes doesn't know what he's talking about, but he just walks around a lot, waves his hands around, and he has a weird haircut. Come and listen to him. Why? Because when God's word is spoken, things change. I don't want to get to next Sunday and not allow God's breath to breathe into me. And I would not be doing my job as your pastor, as your shepherd, to not give you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, breathe your life into me. I've been in a routine. I've been in a rut. I know what tomorrow's going to bring. I know what Tuesday's going to bring. I know what Wednesday's going to bring. But God, I want you to change me. Fill me with new breath. Fill me with new life. So I can have purpose and meaning. I believe that sometimes we have to say yes to God's infilling before he can give us the message of what to do. I believe that Ezekiel went there not knowing the the result, not knowing the end game, but as he said yes to God, God began to change his mind, change his, his intentions, change his expectations. And I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're expecting. Maybe next Sunday is too far down the road for you. But I'm here to tell you that today, God wants to breathe new life into us. Because when he breathes his new life into us today, we can be ready for anything. I truly believe that. And when his word is spoken, something changes. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want us to have a moment here of just a quiet, a quiet moment. Um, I'm, I'm going to be quiet here in just a minute, but I want to give you some instructions for this quiet moment. I just want you to, to ask God to examine your life right now. And in the next minute or so, I just want you to, to pray this prayer. God, examine my heart. Let me know if there's anything in me that needs to be cleansed out. I want you to pray that prayer right now. God, you've heard our prayers. You hear our heart. But now, God, I want to take just a special time right now, and I just want to be silent before you. And I pray, God, that in this moment of silence, we're not going to ask you for anything. We're not going to ask or present any requests to you. We've already done that. We're going to listen for your voice. Would you take a moment and just listen for him right now? With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, nobody looking around, I just wanna, I just wanna, I wanna ask you a simple question. If you would like for God to breathe new life into you right now, would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray for you. Would you just raise your hand. 
If you want God to breathe new life into you right now, give you purpose, give you meaning for, for today, would you just raise your hand? Hands going up all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. When God speaks his word, things happen. Father God, thank you for speaking your word to us today. Thank you for changing my plans this week. Thank you for messing up my routine. Because God, when you do that, I trust you more. I lean into you more personally. I, I can't do it without you because I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, but God, I know when you mess up my plans that I know you have something for me to hear from you. And God, you know I need your fresh breath today. I need your fresh word to fill my life today. And I pray for every person that raised their hand this morning, Lord, that they are desiring for you to fill them with new breath, new life, new purpose, new meaning, because we believe that when you speak your word, we're going to be changed. God, would you change us all? Fill us. Fill us so that we're ready for the next challenge, so that we're ready for the next invitation, so that we're ready for you to use us to speak your word to somebody else. And God, when it's all said and done, we're going to give you praise and thanks because you are the giver of life. And we're thankful for that today. Thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for speaking your word into our lives today. May we leave here with the assurance, knowing that you are walking with us every step of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Have a great afternoon.